are you feeling? I'm pretty lax, dude. I got like a two and a half hour massage today. What? And and yeah, I had to. Like my the nerves in my neck were just causing my hands and feet to hurt all the time. So I went and was mm. like, I'll do this two hour massage. And the lady, I guess just out of the kindness of her heart, worked on me for like an extra 30 minutes. And yeah. so I'm the nerve issue is actually kind of fucking worse right now because everything I just I feel almost beat up a little bit, but it was so good. And like that happened last time and I woke up and felt great. Yeah, you'll you'll have probably 12 more hours of feeling like you got hit by a truck, but drink a yeah. shit ton of water and you're going to feel great. That's what like I've been doing. I'm going to have many pee breaks during this probably because I've been slamming water all day long. That's all right. I've definitely done that before to a client who came in and I just felt so bad. Like I could feel with my hands how bad they must feel. And I was like, we're going to, you got the time. We're going to go. Over. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, cause I like my appointment was at like 1030. And then so like by the time we got back there and whatnot, it was maybe 11 when she started and I didn't leave until like one thirty. Oh. <laughs> I was there for so long. Oh, did she I spend most of the time on your body. back? 45 to 50% of the time was on my back and the rest of it was dispersed uh, around like the whole rest of the body front and back. Oh, and, yeah. but like she started there and then worked down and then did like legs and then arms and then back. And then I flipped and then it was like legs, arms and back again. It was a long ordeal. It was, it was good. I'm, I'm kind of out of it a little. You're, you're a little fucked up. Fuck. <laughs> I'm a little like massage drunk. Yes, that's a thing. I remember we learned about that in school, about how everything will just kind of hit you at once. And they made the mistake of telling our class, don't, you know, don't drink before you get a massage because it kind of stirs your blood up and it makes things process faster. And all that alcohol is just going to hit you at once and you're just going to be trashed. So, of course, me and a group of people I went to school with, we went to lunch and had margaritas and came back and did massages (laughs) on each other to test that theory. And I got to tell you, it works. Damn, I believe it. Yeah. I mean, what is it? You're squishing all that lymph and shit around oh, all throughout yeah. your body. Like, I feel like it's just gonna exacerbate anything. Just making your blood move around, all the water kind of takes things. So it just makes everything work a little quicker. It was a fun day at school. <laughs> <laughs> How uh, was your day? Oh, yeah. You know, so far so good. It's the last day of September. Well. It will be when this comes out. Okay, I was going to say, well, no. Mm, no, uh, but we did take the Halloween shit out of the attic, and I'm very excited to put it up. I, I wish that it's it's times like this, really, it's honestly, it's only really Halloween, yeah, that I wish I that I live in a place that people could see my house. See, and I actually don't decorate the outside of my house that much because... Um, I just don't have that much to go out on the outside, but the inside of my house gets a little, it gets a little spooky and I love it because I just do Mm -hmm. it for me. It just puts such a smile on my face. And every, (laughs) every year I find that when it comes time to put the shit back up in the attic, there's one thing every year that I just go, you know, that can stay up year round. So I'm slowly yeah. already on the track of becoming that lady who just lives in a in a carnival style haunted mansion. That's okay though. I mean, that's secretly everyone's dream. Like even if oh they wanted. Oh my god! Them. I know. 
That, or you might be one of those people who wants to live inside of like a Christmas snow globe. See, I can't imagine anything worse. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd be like the, the snow globe that's Santa sitting on a beach somewhere. I would literally be the fucking Grinch is what I would be. <laughs> that's what you are. Oh my God. For wrapping, for wrapping paper. I will wrap that's gifts true. better than you could have. That's the one Christmas vice I have that I go fucking hard on. That was a gift you were given. And it's sort of like that story where the, the guy buys the woman a hair bow, but she sold all of her hair oh, to buy him. You know, it's like the, that. Gift of the Magi? Yes, 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 yes. Fuck correct. That story. You were given this gift, but you can only use it in the time of year you hate the most. <laughs> <laughs> It's nice to sit down and do this again. We had a, it feels like a long break since we did that um, spooky zone. I just always have to have like a recover we, recovery week after we record one of those. You know, me too, but I got to tell you, something has made it easier for me the past week to get through. Something's brought so much joy into my life and that is punch me. I can't stop. <laughs> I know. I know we had, we've probably talked about this so much that everyone either you don't know what we're talking about or you're tired of hearing about it, but I just can't stop again, again, last night, I just shook at at two o'clock in the morning on the bed, trying not to wake Clark up because I just thought punch me. (laughs) And I mean, dudes, guys, y'all expect to see some punch me merch fucking a big hoodie a big hoodie with punch me in all lowercase and would you say it had to be small enough that you had to be like yeah. right up on somebody to see it? you got it yeah someone has to be pretty much right on you and then they flick their eyes up at yours because they're close enough to do that and just question what that means and i love it very confrontational <laughs> it's confrontational but it's like reverse confrontation because you're in the most passive weird way it's so strange oh my god do we have do we have a a mad libs to do today dude don't even fucking ask that what's wrong with you of course we do i was getting scared i was getting scared that you were just gonna be like eh i decided to not bring it today no, get no. Actually, here's what I have. Listen, I have the history one because that's what was stuck in my chair. So <laughs> that's what we're doing <laughs> is the, the history one. Your chair's so like a who, bag who of holding. It really is, dude. It's honestly unreal. It's like Hermione's purse. <laughs> All right, we have what a wonderful world. Classic. Uh huh. Uh huh. Crooks. Down under. Oh my god. Did I do that? <laughs> Tempting, but I gotta go with them crooks down under. Gives me a chance to fly my like Australian that. accent. Oh great. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Listen, I need a noun. Cockroach. Oh. Adjective. Swollen. <laughs> Plural noun. Oh, hey. Thank you. I received a beverage. Malarkey's always, he's always there with a bev. He's bevy. What was it? Fucking Love (laughs) Island. He's bev. He's a bev. That's right. (laughs) Fucking Love Island. That was earlier this year. And that seems like I, I don't even remember it hardly. 
Imagine sitting on a couch together watching TV. Mm. Here, here's the deal. Yeah. Could I get you to watch an entire season of Love Island with me, but it means we could be together and actually watch TV again? Has it been long enough that you'll consider that? Easily. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you agreed to it. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> All right. Honestly, here's the thing, Charlie. We're going to have so much pent up roasting energy after not oh. being together for so long. I can't imagine a better way for us to unleash being like being in the same room together again than roasting the fuck out of some Love Island. That actually sounds really really fun. And I, and I think because we have so much pent up time that we could blast through an entire, what is it? 52 oh, episodes. An all nighter. Oh man. You don't know what you've just done. Um, okay. Per- <laughs> perverts. Oh, okay. Adjective. Ungodly. Person in room. Oh, Jim. He hasn't come up in a while. No. Uh, adjective. Lumpy. Number. 69. Nice. The nicest Fine. part. Plural noun. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Neckbeards. Wonderful. Adjective. Arrogant. I like arrogant. I like it too. Verb. <laughs> I like it too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh. How about how about condescend? Okay, you are not even understanding how well this is working. I'm not like reading it consistently, but I'm reading the words around it. And honestly, you were writing true facts. I'm reading. I'm actually reading along with you. I looked it up on the sly just to pick the best things. It feels like it. Plural noun. <laughs> Hairy armpit. I'm going to put an S on the end because it's a plural noun. That's, thank you. <laughs> Female person in room. Macy. Scab toes. Both, both words. Why not? It's your name. It is my papered name. Animal. <laughs> Those merkin unicorns. Was it the unicorns with, that had the long merkins that could choke you out? Them are centaurs. I don't remember. I think it was the unicorn. Number. I, I feel like I would remember a merkin centaur. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Uh, okay. I'm flat out on numbers. We've done square root of. We've done almost three-fourths. Sure. That's not really a number, but. Lastly, part of the body foreskin okay i'm gonna tell you about these crooks down under i forgot that was our topic all right yeah australia known as the cockroach down under has a swollen criminal past (laughs) offensive (laughs) in the late 1700s britain's prisons were overrun with perverts so they began transporting <laughs> their ungodly prisoners to Australia. Oh my God. Captain Jim was in charge of setting oh. up the first lumpy colony for prisoners over 69 oh no. nice years. 55. 
55,000 criminal neckbeards came from England to live there. <laughs> oh! Go get ready. With arrogant behavior, these prisoners could condescend their way to freedom. Oh my god, they wish. Oh, that's so accurate. Oh, can you imagine? Just just legion, oh. just leagues of neckbeards oh. being like, well, actually. That's all you hear is as far as the ears can hear. Oh. To condescend their way to freedom and gain work as butchers, farmers, and professional hairy armpits. Yeah, I mean. One resident in the colony was a 13-year-old named Macy Scabtoes, who had come to oh. the colony for stealing those Merkin unicorns. <laughs> you would. <laughs> I just read this last sentence. Oh, God. She eventually became one of Australia's first businesswomen, and today Australia's three-fourths dollar features her foreskin. <laughs> So it what it's 75 cents. <laughs> Your foreskin's all over every single 75 cent dollar bill. Can you imagine? Though, oh my god. Just, you know, Can you imagine a just dollar? a minted coin? <laughs> a foreskin. Gross. Um we're sorry, Australia. <laughs> oh, it's good too, because I know we have a shitload of Australian listeners. But you know what's great? I I know that the Australians have a pretty wicked sense of humor, so we're all oh, right. Go get it. So, what is our what what's our witchcraft of the day? Ah, uh, listen, I'm gonna talk to you. I'm gonna talk to you through the internet lines of mm. the electric phone cords, and I'm gonna tell you about oranges. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I got so wrapped up in singing that classic ELO hit uh, that I, I missed your topic. Oranges. The fruit. And the oil. I have a little uh, steam diffuser, little guy, you know, that spits the, the steam out. And Bad I news. put... <laughs> I, I, orange oil is my go-to. Like, it is so clean and happy like it's you yes. can't like hardly smell it and want to relax you smell it and want to like be productive and i love that have you mixed a little bit of orange oil with a little bit of peppermint oil it it'll blow your asshole off no i haven't i've been doing it's orange and clove a lot because i it's those times those times are here i bought a cinnamon broom the other day my first one of, oh. of the season <laughs> I haven't seen any here yet. I, that would be nice. Put one in the kitchen. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I'm going to talk to you today about a little little southern, little down-home favorite and talking about cicadas. Whoa. Just as they're all starting to die. Aw. It's appropriate because we're going to learn a little something about the life cycle of cicadas. The life cycle. The life cycle. A cicadas. Love it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going for. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm, I'm making I'm love it. I'm leaning into this like 
shtick of doing bad accents. I don't think I'm actually bad Horrible at doing accents. accents. But but it's funner to do a bad accent than a good accent. Mitarch. <laughs> I forgot about that. Thank you. I'm going to talk to you about cicadas. But first, before we go any further, we have a Patreon shout out segment. Today's episode is dedicated to Hilda S. Thank you. I could, we could be very, we could just really lean in to the ELO and just, oh, Hilda. oh, Hilda S. Give me some time. I'm <laughs> living in twilight. Oh, I, how fun. Love it. Okay. I fucking love that song. And then it like kind of cuts into that little 1950s bop. Do I? So cute. Oh man. Well, that being said, thank you, Hilda S. And uh, let me talk at you about cicadas. Now, if you're a listener of the WBH podcast for a little while, you know that we we love us some no sleep um, podcast content. However, now, I believe they're mostly Canadian. I know that uh, David Cummings himself is Canadian, correct? And I believe... Uh, yeah, it seems a, a fair chunk of the cast is, is uh, uh, Canadian. There's several who aren't, but quite a few are, I think. However, I, I gotta say that I've noticed that any story that contains cicadas, they con- they consistently pronounce it cicadas. So... Yeah. I don't know if this is a natural, like if this is an okay difference of, of pronunciation, uh, or if maybe we're just saying it wrong the whole time, but it, it is one of my pet peeves. So if you're hearing me say cicadas and you're like, I thought it was cicadas for- um, All I know is that's how everyone around here pronounces it is cicada. It's made me feel a little self-conscious about it because I, I've done that thing where I'm like, that's not right. You're that's cicadas. No, but now every time I say cicadas, I'm like, what if they're right? What if I'm secretly wrong? I think it's all probably right. I suppose. Like, I think it might just be a regional thing. Like down here yeah. in the south, I only ever in the south hear other southerners say cicada. Yeah, and you know, and maybe like the further north you go, it's cicada. More classy. Cicada. Cicada. It's actually Mr. Cicada. Oh, darling, come sit and listen to the cicadas out on the veranda. Dude, I'm going to talk to you about listening to those fucking cicadas. I've I've got things to say about (laughs) that. But so first of all, there are over 2,500 different types of cicada all over the whole world. The type that we have here and in most of the eastern United States are called Magicicada. It looks like magic Quit saying cicada. <laughs> oh shit. Did I say cicada? You've said it ever. That's all you've it's, said since you started. It's got you've in my it head. Now. It's got in my head, dude. Okay. Anyway, it looks like magic cicada is what the word looks like. Or you can also refer to them um, as periodical cicadas. Uh, if you do live somewhere with with them, you'll know that they have this scream. It's a mating scream yeah, that they do. It's incredible. You can describe it as a um, like a ringing. I've heard some people say a clicking, but it just sounds like a constant sort of high pitched drone that sort of comes and goes. I find it super meditative. I mean, I actually quite enjoy it. However, I will say. The screams of the males 
And I'm not, I'm not going to call it anything other than a scream because that's what it is. And I love to just picture them up in the tree, just being like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> with their little mouths wide open. It can reach up to 100 decibels, dude. And that is just to put that in perspective. That's a power lawnmower. That's a jackhammer. That's a garbage truck. Okay. And if you're sitting there. I'm, okay. I'd fucking believe it. Oh, for sure. And at that level, a hundred decibels, if you, if you listen to it for like eight hours straight, it can actually cause serious damage to your ears. <laughs> They're loud. Uh, and I then, believe it. Dude, my dog, I don't know about Dova, but like Gizzy and Dinah, Dinah especially loves to eat, like murder and eat them. And so does Dante. <laughs> and you'll just hear the dog, like they'll be outside and you'll just hear one start screaming and they don't die well. They take oh, forever to die. God. And what I think is just because my animals are all assholes and they just play with them to death. So you hear this screaming insect forever. And then I swear to you, you can hear the crunching from inside the house <laughs> when they eat it. They've got that hard it's ass so exoskeleton. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> Nasty. You know what? I can't say that. I can say that my dog loves to fuck with possums. Like Clark found her last week in the backyard playing with it like a baby possum. Like, like just the way you, it would she would probably play with another puppy but this possum is hissing at her like go the fuck away and my dog not goes, having oh, it hey buddy you, you want me to flip you around in the air a couple of times we got her to uh not do that but um so i'm i'm actually not really super annoyed by cicadas i know uh, some people are annoyed by them However, there are a handful of days in the summer where it does become a little bit unbearable. If you're outside, kind of around sunset when they really get to going. Uh, and they, yeah. do, they do get louder the hotter it gets. They love the heat and they tend to be more active and sing louder the hotter it gets. So it, it might just be one of those things where it's adding to my least favorite part of year anyway. Like I'm already hot and miserable. It's the hottest part of the day. It hasn't rained in weeks. And then you just have these bugs screaming nonstop. And that's oh, another God. thing is, is they scream nonstop. It's not like a... Um, a mating call that you hear every once in a while. It's this constant thing. And it's actually because they, they're all doing it together. It's not one. You don't ever just hear one yeah. cicada. It's a chorus. Yes. They actually live most. Of, and, and I feel like a lot of people know this, but it is extreme. It's very interesting to me. Uh, their life cycle. They spend most of it underground. After they hatch, uh, they're laid, their eggs are laid in branches. Uh, after they hatch, they sort of just walk off the cliff of the branch and they fall to the ground and they just start to burrow uh, and they'll stay under there for weirdly enough, 13 or 17 years. That is fascinating to me. First of all, that this insect has such a long lifespan is amazing. Um, and it really makes me think it makes me kind of value the little exoskeletons that I pick up because I always pick them up um, yeah. in my in my yard. It makes me kind of value that a little bit more, that there's this thing that's been around for so long. Uh, and it's also really cool how it's 13 or 17, depending on what kind of uh, periodical cicada, cicada. Yeah. Uh, that, you, that you're looking at. But... And I guess, so then, does that mean that because we have cicadas every year. So are there just different batches? Like yeah. I, like you just get a new batch that's been curing underground for yeah. 13 years? Yeah, underground, there, there's just, uh, I guess, varying ages 
of little cicada uh, cicada nymphs. I'm seriously, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. But they're called nymphs, which I thought is adorable when they're underground, when they're sort of in their, they're not mature state. It's It's a nymph. Mm-hmm. And they live with the other baby nymphs, nymphs underground, until they all decide to come up at once. It, it's so this almost hive mind that they have. They are so community based. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not one cicada that's like, my body has matured to the point where I'm ready to go up. No, you either wait or you come out a little too early, but you're coming out with everybody. Um, And they come out in these Mm -hmm. massive numbers. I actually saw a picture of cicada holes because when they come out of the ground, they make these little tiny holes. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that what I have seen for so long are cicada holes. I I had, I thought they were um, crawdad holes, like little holes where they would come Mm -hmm. out, but what they're Mm -hmm. actually cicadas. And I've, it, it's blown my mind a little bit. Um, just that something I've been looking at my entire life. It's something way different. Than yeah. Um, but they, they come up all at once. And shortly after they all emerge, they will do their final uh, molt, which are the ones that you find um, yeah. everywhere. Hanging on to things. Yeah. And I love how they, their, their little arms come to like these points, but they just, it's like mm-hmm. Velcro. They stick on everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember being a kid collecting these things and to be honest um i know it's a little bit gross and probably not the best thing but i would like crunch them into a powder with my cousins and we would just like blow the powder at each other or stick them in each other's hair and and stuff like that uh but now as an adult even before i was like i'm going to use this for witchy purposes i would just find them and like to pick them up because they're very nostalgic Mm -hmm. to me and um frankly it's one it's one I'm not terrified of bugs. I don't have a phobia of bugs. I just don't like them on me and I don't like go out of my way to touch Mm -hmm. them, (laughs) but their exoskeleton, cicada exoskeleton is like one of the only bug related items that I have no problem touching. So I I pick them up, but that is from their final molt where they, uh, Whoa, I said molt weird. That's from their final, final molt where they become adults shortly after that fully mature, ready to have babies. And they actually don't live that long, uh, on the surface, a couple of weeks, I believe, um, in most cases, because they kind of come up, they mate, they scream for a mate and then they mate a couple of times and then they die, lay their eggs and they die. Uh, sometimes, especially throughout history before people really knew and got a good look at them, cicadas were confused with locusts and can still be to this day. If you don't really know what's up, they might eat um, something that's starting to sprout or like very tender greens, but your mature plants, they don't really pose a threat to, they do have the ability to break your skin with their little, um, little proboscis, proboscis, excuse me. Uh, And it does hurt. Like it feels like a little bite or a little sting, but they're not poisonous and they don't carry diseases. So don't freak out if one gets on you or bites you. Have you ever been bitten by a cicada? I didn't even know. No, I didn't even no, know. No, me neither. Bite. I don't even know I've I don't even know if I've handled like a cicada. I don't want to. They're too spazzy, man. They just they're yeah. on or off. They're like a two-stroke engine, man. They're just like on or off like there's no like gentle uh, humming there's one that either looks dead and you poke it and it comes alive and just a raging (laughs) scream yep or nothing or it's off yeah they're unpredictable i guess is is the best way to put it and i i don't fuck with that i mean 
I don't love what we talked about this on the spooky side. We don't like things that are very jarring, very quick moving. Yeah, no. And we'll sort of go, I don't I don't like that. Okay, so I have a little a little bit from Wikipedia here. Uh, here's some history of the cicada. And I thought that this was funny in the way that only something written in the 17th century could be from Wikipedia. The first known account of a large emergence of cicadas appeared in 1633 uh, in a report from Plymouth, from the Plymouth colony. And this was after a fever had swept through the area, uh, a pretty deadly fever. So I guess they thought it was related to these bugs. So the report stated, here we go. It is to be observed that the spring before this sickness, there were a numerous company of flies, which were like for bigness unto wasps or bumblebees. They came out of little holes in the ground and did eat up the green things and made such a constant yelling noise (laughs) (laughs) as made the woods ring of them. And that's actually a really good way to put it. The trees kind of ring with the sound of cicadas. Um, cicadas uh and ready to deafen the hearers they were not uh they were not any seen or heard by the english in this country before this time but the uh, indians told them that sickness would follow and so it did very hot in the months of june july and august of that summer so that was word for word what they had written uh in this and i don't know why the sickness would follow because they typically don't carry disease i don't know if that's something they used to do if we go back further, that is interesting. very, you know, maybe, I don't know if they were also maybe confusing them. Maybe with, like a heat born disease. Yeah. Like maybe diseases carried by insects like mosquitoes or something like that, or fevers that come in the summertime. Yeah. Something that's not really related to, but seemingly is yeah. related to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we go back a little bit further, burial rites in Asia involved jade, these beautiful carved jade cicada uh, figurines. And you can see these online. They're just ancient and they're beautifully carved and they're so fucking cool looking. But they were actually used in the burial rites. They were placed on the bodies of the dead uh, or most commonly placed in the mouths of the dead to ensure a peaceful afterlife and to allow the soul to emerge anew. Much like, a you know, much like they do when they come out of their shells or when they come up from mm-hmm. the ground. Some of the uh, Native American, specifically the Orabi, Orabi, sorry, uh, they would make an immortality potion to use for their warriors when their warriors became wounded to the point of it being um, pretty serious. Like it was a pretty obvious, like you're going to die from this wound. Uh, And they would use this potion on them to A, help or in the hopes of them healing and not dying, but also to kind of grace them with this immortality. Uh, The Greeks thought the cicadas were literally immortal because um, what they saw with their eyeballs is they saw the cicadas die and fall on the ground. And then in a little while, the next year, they would see a reemergence of them coming Mm -hmm. up from the ground. So they thought that these insects were quite literally born from the soil. It was Socrates. Now, I've known about this little myth or background, and it's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. But it was Socrates who said that cicadas originated when humans allowed the ancient muses to charm them into a state of singing and dancing that lasted so long that the only way it could be stopped was through death. This death was never seen or noticed 
or worried about by the the people singing and dancing because they didn't need food, they didn't need sleep. All they did were just singing. All they did was sing and dance and be joyous until they died, uh, and that led to mm. cicadas, who apparently. It is their job to keep an eye over humanity and report, kind of like report back who is living a good life and who lives a life without honor. Oh, that's cool. As yeah. Well. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I love, I love that. And it also makes me a little nervous of what they're saying about me because <laughs> I'm going out and I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in a magical sense. Because of their life cycle, they have this really powerful uh, representation revolving around rebirth, change, transformation, patience, and immortality. Because of the way they sing, they are seen as great communicators. Because of the way they live their lives together, from little nymphs crawling around in the ground together to mature, adult, mature adults who all call as one to find their mates, they're seen as a symbol of togetherness. And... Because of the way they literally just hang out in a tree all day and scream for sex, they're seen as a symbol of love, sex, and courtship. This can I get be, it. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, it's funny how we kind of forget that most noises we hear from animals is them calling for sex. It's mm-hmm. just people on a summer night. You hear the you hear them in the trees, and you're oh, listen to them singing. And they're literally just out there like, wanna fuck? They can yeah, be. Yeah, booty calling it. <laughs> hey, girl! They can be a good reminder that it's okay to wait. It's okay to have patience. And that sometimes nothing at all can be done while you await for the perfect circumstances to present themselves. Nothing can be done but just existing. Sometimes uh, we get really caught up on... Well, if we have to wait to do something, wait a project, or I can't do this till next year, or whatever it is, we get caught up in like, okay, well, what can I do in the meantime? I have to prepare for it and have to get ready for it. And yeah, of course, like that's a really good idea. However, sometimes the best thing you can do is just wait for that time. Whoa. Oh. Uh. It was a spammer. I've been getting so many of those lately. Yeah, I know. It's a bummer. To kind of end up on, I've got a little bit of a, got, I've got some of the beans input on this. A while back, we posted a picture of an exoskeleton from a cicada and said, uh, what what could you use this for? What do you think of? What magic purposes? Is there any magic purpose? And we've got some uh, answers to that. Now, I'm not going to be saying the like Instagram handles here because I'm not sure if that's, you know, cool, but you know who you are. And you can go to our Instagram at... Oh, it's Pajama Hour, right? Is that our Instagram? You can go there yeah. and uh, check it out. So our first answer says cicada shells plus Solomon seal root plus red rose petals plus love oil plus red ribbon equals something that is called a pretty pouch. And that's to make the wearer more attractive. Isn't that cute? It's a pretty pouch. Yeah. Next, we have my automatic thought goes straight to metamorphosis. I would try stuffing the shell with a tiny scroll and other spell ingredients and seal it back up with wax. Maybe charge it with fire or bury it to complete the life cycle. And I loved that idea. Putting something yeah, inside. Yeah, I really like that a lot. That's really, really cool to me. And I think it's because, and you'll understand this, man, such a draw to like jar spells and things where you combine mm-hmm. yes. your ingredients. I love it. Uh, I'm really digging that one. Someone else says, maybe in spells to invoke trust and patience. 
Cicadas know how to wait. Renewal or rebirth. You could grind. <laughs> I love this one. You could grind it into a hex slash annoyance spell, which is mm-hmm. something that I call, Well, I mean, again, they can be. They can be a they little be annoying like, as shit. Yeah, little tap dance on your last nerve. And I saw that it was also uh, a common ingredient in goofer powder, which is kind of like a hex or curse powder, I believe. Mm. Put it into a transformation bottle. Another answer says, my thoughts go to love slash sex magic and to transformation slash metamorphosis. The males are singing to attract mates to them. They molt on sight and emerge as adults. Seems like they are perfect for either or both paths. Maybe double up to take a, uh, a romance to a new level. Molt. Molt. Another answer says, in Chinese herbal medicine, cicada, cicada sloth, ugh, skin, I'm just going to say skin because I hate that word too, uh, is used for a loss of voice, <laughs> swollen or sore throat, uh, rashes, relieves itching, relieves cloudy eyes, blurry vision, spasms, terror, and nightmares. It's interesting. A whole lot of stuff. A whole lot of stuff. Uh, I'm coming up on one of my absolute favorites here because someone says I would use it. Uh, I would use it to add some intensity, I guess, in the way that you would add like cinnamon to something because they are freaking obnoxious and impossible to ignore. The universe will be like, fine, mm. I hear you. Here you go. Now shut up. And uh, those yeah. are from over on our Instagram. And uh, that's just a little bit of how you guys like to use the cicada cicada shell. Wonderful. And that's what I got for you. Scab toes, mace wad, mace waker. I'm feeling real good lately. Oh. I'm taking care of my mental health with better help. That sounds like a like a whole thing though. Like, do you have to like I feel like setup would take forever to get matched and to find your counselor? Actually, finding my counselor took less than 24 hours, and I did it from the comfort of my, not just my home, my bedroom. But what do you do if you don't like your counselor that you're matched with? Well, Maisie, I'll tell you, BetterHelp makes it easy to change your counselor at any time. No hurt feelings, no conflict, just flip a switch and you'll get someone else that you match better with. But what if my topic that I need to discuss is like really niche and like even my local therapists don't know anything about it? Well, Mace, the good thing about this is BetterHelp has over three thousand therapists and that's in the u.s alone so you are guaranteed to find somebody who can help you with matters like depression stress anxiety relationships sleeping trauma anger family conflicts lgbt matters grief self-esteem and more. And more? If I'm going to be sharing all of this stuff, like how am I, how do, how do I know that whatever I'm, how do I know whatever I'm talking about isn't going to, to go anywhere? Like how is it, can I like say anything that I want to and it's all right? Like, well, I mean, just like any other therapy, everything you share is completely confidential. This is a safe, private place to connect. So where can I, how can I do this, Charlie? After all of this, all of this amazing information, how, how can I, how can I sign on? How can I do this? You mean you want to be one of the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health? Well, I'll tell you, you can go to betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash witch. And you know what? That's going to get you 10% off your first month. 
to get 10% off of my first month, all I have to do is go to betterhelp.com slash witch. Absolutely. You can sign up right now on desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS. It's going to take you less than 24 hours to fill out your questionnaire and get matched to a counselor. Listen. Yes. I have to show you something. I'm going to have to turn my camera. You don't have to turn yours on if you don't want to, but I have to show you something that Hunter made. He created this with his own hands and I love it. So he got a lathe. Oh, dope. And he, he's only been using it for like two days, but he came in and just like gave this to me today. I didn't know he was doing this, but look at this fucking. Oh, awesome. Clark. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to show Clark. He's going to be excited. Hunter got a lathe. And look what he made her. Oh. How does it work? Oh, man. He's going to have so much fun with that. He already is. He's already really digging into it. He's having himself a good little crafty time out there. I have to tell you, I'm very excited for Orange. I am very excited to hear about Orange. Because I already use it so fucking much. And I want to be one with the Orange. We are more than we are. We are one. I know that it's not the song you were singing, but I was thinking, we are on the trail. Wait, what is it? (laughs) uh, What is it? (laughs) The trail we play. Yeah, but there's that part that's like, we we will show, what is it? We will surely... We will surely oh, uh, the trail we blaze. What is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, hold on. We will surely. Uh, yeah, that's the we will surely blaze. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember how it starts out. Ugh. Fuck, that's going to drive me crazy. To Leo and Miguel. We will. What is it? Right into history. history. Yeah. In the truth. We will surely blaze on the trail. What is it with the with the sweet unfolding yeah, of, an, of an, antique an antique mystery? <laughs> what a movie! Oh, what a movie! I can't. I wish I would have never learned that it was supposed to be the first in like a long series. Of yeah, that's so upsetting. Uh, so much potential. Oh my god, I'm still mad about it. I'm a 32 year old woman upset about this. <laughs> uh, speaking of, listen, do you want oranges? Real quick, real quick here. I want to, I want to give you a little cringy glimpse into my past. I want to show you the kind of kid that I was. Oh, please tell me. In school, it was like the last day of school, and you know the teachers are basically like. Let's watch a movie on the last day of school. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember what grade it was, but I know I had seen that movie 400 times. We're talking about Road to El Dorado, by the way. Um, and the teacher had it and she said, I have this movie or I have this movie. And a lot of people were like, let's watch Road to El Dorado. And the teacher said, is there any cussing in it? And like the whole class understood they understood without saying don't blow the cover not to blow the cover and one of the kids says i think the what is it they say damn in the movie twice 
or hell. I don't remember what. Probably. But yeah. one of the kids said they say the H word once or whatever. And the teacher was like, mm, okay. And my little ass perks my head up and and, and goes, no, they say it twice. Oh my God, Charlie. Oh no. I know. No. And I don't, I, no. I think I did it because I needed everyone to know how well versed I was with that movie. Oh, I know. I'm sure that's why. <laughs> but this kid, I forget who it, I don't, I just, he just whips his head around and he looks me right in the fucking square in the eyebrows and he goes, Shh, and a part of me died. Oh my God. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just, I flashbacked to that for a moment. Tell me about it. I feel like that memory to you is like the da-da-da-da-da memory to me. Dude, that memory is another one that will also kind of uh, crop up. Was that, did we talk about that in one of the bonus episodes for Patreons? I think that was a Patreon episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. So oh, select God. few, select few of you out there know what banana means. And if you don't, <laughs> go check it out. Go. It makes me so sad when I think about it. I hate it. it. <laughs> I just, I know. <laughs> oranges. Oranges? I'm going to tell you about them. A lot of this is about the sweet orange, by the way, which is the very like consumery or, you know, it's like the orange. Like you go to Walmart, you get an orange. It's the sweet orange. Uh, so that's kind of the focus here. But a lot of this or some of this really kind of is on like the bitter orange and things like that. So this is just an overarching Look at oranges. The spicy orange. There you go. Here's the history. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. So the sweet orange, or the tasty sweet orange, is actually <laughs> a hybrid. I love oranges, dude. I love oranges. I oh, eat Clark. oranges so much. Oh, my God. Clark will eat a whole bag of cuties and make himself sick. See, those bum me out. What? They don't taste as good. They don't taste as good as like a navel, like a big, like orange. Clark's favorite is Cara Cara oranges and they come around once a year. And when they come to the stores, he gets psyched. I love a blood orange. Those yeah. happy. Aren't those bitter? I don't find them bitter. No, I, I, the one that I had was like kind of, it was the tartness of an orange, but like a bit sweeter, kind of a richer oh. taste. It's good. And all the blood in it, of course. And all it's just full of blood. Yeah. Bursting at the same blood. blood. I'll shut up so you can tell us about oranges. Sorry. So listen, the sweet orange, the orange that we eat yes. is actually a hybrid. So that's not like a wild orange. That was a manufactured thing. Uh, but from a very, very long time ago. Every time you say sweet orange, you totally pull a Cusco's poison. <laughs> <laughs> every single time so far you've been like so the sweet orange the origin the orange that we eat the orange that's sweet <laughs> oh my god that's amazing okay great thought you should know listen it's a mix of the pomelo and the mandarin orange it's a hybrid so it comes from like its origins are from southern china uh, but also in like the area of Northeast India and Myanmar. It's first shows up in its written form in 314 BC. Whoa. So been around the block a few times. It's, it's, it's old. And um, it really has since risen in popularity to be the most cultivated fruit tree on the, on the planet. Really? Yeah, man. Huh. So 
they're really into like a tropical slash like subtropical kind of climate. Uh, just like self-sufficient me. He has like a shit pile of orange trees and I'm really jealous of him. Self-sufficient um, Oh, he's such a cute, cute little just Let's sweetie pie. Let's get into it. Oh, precious. <laughs> anyway, he lives in the subtropical climate in Australia and he grows all the citrus. Eventually, the orange made its way to Europe, Spain uh, specifically, and it really just cultivation of it just exploded. And, but, and that was the bitter orange first. So the sweet orange actually took a little while to get there, a good while later. So the bitter orange arrived in Spain from what I could see in about the ninth century. And the sweet orange didn't really take hold until like the late 15th century. Oh, wow. There was a big gap between the two of those. After some like further kind of cultivating and tweaking, it really became seen as like a very desirable fruit to eat. And because they, you know, I'll, I'll get to why they were so fancy, but like it really became a status to the European high society, the high courts. Huh. Uh, it was a, it was like a, oh my God, you have fucking oranges, dude. Whoa. Kind of thing. <laughs> like, and so a lot of that is because the oranges had to be, you know, the, the climate in Europe is not, in, in all of Europe, is not necessarily hospitable to, to oranges very often. And so they were growing these oranges in these big ass conservatories called uh, orangeries. <laughs> <laughs> no, shut your mouth. I'm going to slap it. They were grown in big, big buildings called orangeries. Okay, great. And uh, in Europe. And it made it so they could grow oranges all year long for all of the rich people to have their oranges from orangeries, regardless <laughs> of the weather. All right. So the most spectacular of these orangeries uh, was in the Palace of Versailles. Under Louis the the fourteenth, the orange seems to have uh, come to North America around uh, fourteen, the late like fourteen nineties or early fourteen nineties. Sorry, and uh, it hit Florida in fifteen sixty five. Further expeditions spread the orange's influence to Mexico, South America, and just kind of everywhere uh, that it would be able to be grown. And uh, making it, you know, it was in the late 1980s that it became the most cultivated fruit tree in, in the world. 1980s? 1980s, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, this thing started getting grown in like 314 BC, and it didn't only win the prize of the favorite fruit until the 1980s. That's like a serious commitment. That's serious Euro energy right there. No kidding. <laughs> Ooh. I thought this was clever. So, you know, it is a, it's a citrus fruit and uh, that helps prevent scurvy. So in the days of like long sea travels way back in the day, they would strategically plant orange trees on trade routes and be able to harvest huh. those along the way. And oranges keep for a fair amount of time, like in, in the keep. So that was just kind of something that would help be able to elongate those sea voyages just by planning it along the way so people wouldn't get scurvy, which sounds awful. Scurvy. Isn't that where your skin so, like blisters? And... I, I think in your teeth fall out oh. and you get yellow, you turn yellow, like jaundice I think. Huh. Or green. You turn a different shade. Purple? <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm going to tell you about these things, the oranges, why they are the way they are and why they smell the way they do. Mm. So that's the sweet they're orange. They're kind of right? like... I've, yeah, this is the sweet orange. So the orange that we, yeah, like sweet orange oil, the orange that we eat. Um, what? <laughs> Did I do it again? Yes. Beautiful. Chef's kiss. Knocked it out of the park. I <laughs> love that. Excellent. So that rattled me. Oh, okay. So it's very much the same as like grapes. So you know how you could eat like you can drink wine and they can be like, Oh, like a sommelier can be like this wine was grown in this like 18 mile range here in this part of the world. And it snowed twice that winter, you know, like that kind of shit. Apparently you could do that. You can do that with an orange too, like to a degree, like, Oh, the sensory elements of an orange. So the oil and the scent and the taste and whatnot is really influenced by the environment in which it, grows in wacky dude i did not know that that's cool wacky wow so i might have something else you didn't know i didn't know i had always seen it and been like cool yeah yeah Mm," and never actually knew what it meant i just would skim over it (laughs) but so the scent of an orange the oil itself comes from volatile organic compounds do you know what volatile means uh, volatile organic compounds. The, uh, I'm I usually just sort of sub-inflammable for volatile or combustible. See, I didn't know what it meant, and I saw it all the time. Like you know, in researching these essential oils, it's volatile compounds. Like, and it's just like, what? That sounds metal for one, yeah, but I don't know what it is. So I looked it up today, and volatile means that they release some sort of off gas or quotes atmospheric photochemical reactions. That was oh. so. It's an aromatic thing. It means that they are basically like off gassing or releasing compounds into the air. They're tooting. Yeah. There's little little toot compounds. That's what makes the oil so aromatic. It is those volatile compounds, which create that, that scent into the air. Oh, Um, and I, okay. That's so that's how it works. So typically essential oils that are highly aromatic are high in organic volatile compounds. Yeah. Full of toots. Oh my God. I love this. I love this so much. This has changed my outlook on orange oil forever. And I, I like the thought of it to be able to like sniff a particularly good one. And you're just like, Ooh, this is extra duty. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that there's like an expert going around sniffing these and he's like, mm, a plus tootiness. It's like in in like Newtons or whatever. Like you send like there's like a whole scale, and it's just like, oh, this one's this is a this is eighty four toots, <laughs> eighty four toots, gold stars like ninety four point three toots. Oh, we're so Deliberate. stupid. <laughs> so. Some of these compounds, these these 2D compounds are mm. aldehydes, esters, terpenes, alcohols, and ketones. Terpenes a fart gas? Apparently a terpene is a fart. Okay, great. You learned it here, folks. <laughs> Merch. Terpenes are fart. 
That's what Sasquatch is a Texan. That's his speech bubble. That's what it needs to say. He's walking oh with his God. lasso and <laughs> turping his parts. parts. He just needs you to know that. That's the first thing he says to the human civilization <laughs> when he announces himself. Terpenes are farts. Terpenes are farts. It's like he's been holding it in for so long that we don't know that. And he just absolutely <laughs> needs to share it. Terpenes are farts. Oh the whole time he's slinging a lasso. I love him. Little, little, little cocky. Little cocky. I mean, wouldn't you be? I mean, for sure. Hard to not be cocky when you're rocking a 10 gallon hat. <laughs> You could listen, you, listen, oranges are used, they're useful. You can use them for anything. They're, they have a lot of uses. Are we talking about the sweet orange? Did you know that? I wrote, here's the problem, dude. I'm using my own handwritten notes for the first time in months. Whoa. And I, do you, I like, I haven't read my handwriting in a long time and I'm out of practice reading my handwriting. <laughs> it's, it's bananas. Bananas. Okay, listen, it's useful. It's useful as shit. You can use it for all kinds of things from mundane to like spell work. So you can use like the, the actual like fruit part, the part that's like the orange part uh, and the peel. Uh, you can consume it as well. And the peel is used for oil extraction, oftentimes cold pressing. Uh, and the peel even has like a notable amount of vitamin C in it, as well as other nutrients like limonene, pectin, uh, natural polyphenols, potassium, and magnesium. So it's just all around a pretty nutritionally dense thing, especially especially if you're eating the fruit itself. Like the problem is with juice is that you strip away the fiber from the sugars and you don't quite get the balance that comes with that, like the balance of nutrition and the fiber to balance out like the sugars and whatnot. But like eating it whole is so... It's like, it's it's just a good little nutrient bomb is kind of what it's like. What the hell so, is a phenol or whatever you said? Pectin. A polyphenol. Pectin? I thought, see, I thought pectin was a thickening agent. Oh. Huh. All right. Cool. Like pectin goes in like jams. That orange has no right being that thick. So let's talk about palmanders. Could do that for hours. Let's go. So the name pomander comes from the French term pom d'ambre, pom d'ambre. I don't know. Listen. It's definitely the same. It roughly translates to apple of perfume. Oh, hmm. So here's the thing. Pomanders didn't used to only be oranges. So a lot of different things could be pomanders. It could literally be an apple. It could be a balled up thing of rags that you sent like it was just a little perfume ball as, that you carried on your person. They grew very popular in the Middle Ages for, I can imagine, a billion reasons why. Oh, yeah. And um, they were seen as something to protect against illness. Uh, you know, we talked about during plague time, I think it was for four thieves, like people would carry around things that smelled good and essential oils and whatnot because they, you know, believed that the scent compounds could kill disease or prevent you from getting it. And uh, they're also seen as a good luck thing. So palmanders are really witchy. They're very tied to witchcraft. They're very witchy and just in general. And the orange and clove palmander, uh, I saw this on an article on Medium uh, called The Magical History of Palmanders by Aletha Avery. This was uh, a orange and clove palmander wrapped in a red and gold ribbon and like anointed with herbs and oils, however like the witch wanted to do it 
That was a charm that was used for recovery, protection, and luck for witches. Hmm. Recovery. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting inclusion. That's not one you see uh, very So you don't. Yeah, I know. I thought that was really neat. And like, like it kind of makes sense, you know, like you get a lot of protection and stuff from clove, but like oranges are very like nutritious and healing and bright and happy and energizing. And it, it makes sense. So pomanders are very popular Yule gifts around Yule time or even as good luck charms after the start of the year. But I start wanting to bust them out right about now. They scream <laughs> autumn to me Yeah, over Yule. And uh, they're really big for me. So every fall and every spring is when I do my mamma jamma cleanings, like the big ones to where I'll like, like, and this year I'm like going to go real big. Like I'm going to have like cleaners come and like clean my house and then I'm going to cleanse it, but, or like, and do a clean and whatnot. And I really like to do that with a lot of orange. And so for the past like week or two, I've just had orange oil going all of the time in my diffuser. And I'm just like gearing myself up for the big cleanse, like the big clean and cleanse and everything. And it's just orange oil is such a big part of that. Oh, it's priming, priming. Yeah, It, it is. It's just getting me ready for it. So There are a lot of practical uses for orange oil uh, from cleaning supplies, such as like wood polished and things like that, to even repelling ants. Mm. They can't stand it. And apparently it helps to like dissipate their scents that they leave behind to help other ants come back. Mm. So it's just like all around fucks with ants. Um, It's naturally antiseptic and antibacterial, and it is a really good odor removal. So not only is it good just to put in the air, Uh, It's good for removing odors, particularly food odors, and it can also help to remove stains. I bet that's because I I, I believe, and I could be wrong here, but I believe there's a lot of enzyme action going on with the orange. So I think they just kind of get in there and gobble it up. I don't know. Like that's that would be my guess. It just seems that it it just makes sense to me. Like I hear it, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, for sure. (laughs) So uh, unsurprisingly, it's like in aromatherapy kind of definition, it's a very uplifting scent in its properties. Uh, It's super full of terpenes. So we've talked about those before. They can help calm symptoms of anxiety and depression, uh, you know, are a very helpful tool in managing that as well as just creating an overall good atmosphere. And uh, it's full of that. So it kind of makes sense that it is one of the more uplifting scents. Like you you put it in a room if you're wanting to, you know, feel comfortable and happy, but with a pep in your step, kind of. The, here's the magical properties. So the, those uplifting and positive properties, they make it really good to use in spells and charms that you're hoping for just a really like happy outcome. So something that would bring you joy. So if you're doing spell work regarding something like that, like, you know, a lot of spells are for like, oh, I have to get this job. I have to do this. But every now and again, being able to plan a spell just for something that would bring you joy is so great. And I, uh, I really like the use of orange in that. It it makes sense to me to put that in there. It's just like this zing, you know, of, 
attitude, this boost of like this bliss, but also from something that brings great clarity. It's a cleaning oil. It's an oil that works hard. You know, not only does it smell good, but you can use it to clean shit, remove stains. Like it's made to work. So there's that strength and clarity energy mixed with that, like, ooh, I'm happy orange. And like together, it just seems like it would get work done. <laughs> Dude, if I got to create a universe, that would be the sound that every orange makes when you cut it. <laughs> I'm happy orange. To me, like if I have it going, like in my little steam steam dude and it's over there doing its thing and like it's, I start smelling it actively like throughout the house everywhere. I feel like orange oil, it kind of raises the overall frequency of a room to a level in which like lower bullshit beings can't exist. Oh. It feels that way to me. It always does that. It just kind of like buzzes them out. Like it goes up higher to like a higher frequency. And it's just like, it's too good for them. Like they can't, it's like the noise of a bell. They can't, they can't deal with it. What if you rang bells and had your orange oil going? You would be, you would transcend. I mean, it, they just, it, it would be clean in here. This house <laughs> is clean. A is clean. So... You know, it shoots all these positive terpenes into your space. And, you know, those are good. Also in the wintertime, uh, if you're typically a bit more shut in when, you know, you have seasonal depression coming in, can help kind of give you a boost. And it's one of those good, uh, it's one of those good scents, like, you know, fall scents that can sometimes be very heavy. Like, like if someone's burning like a pumpkin pie candle, it's not always a scent that makes you want to be busy. You know, it can almost be a scent that induces languidness. Yeah. And heavy. A lot of fall scents are that way. Yeah. Kind of like, ooh, kind of sleepy and heavy and warm. Orange is a fall scent that is to me proactive. It's like one you put on if you're going to be making candles all day or something like that. Like it's very energizing. Um, and I think because it comes from also that hardworking kind of, universal energy uh that kind of makes it to where you know it can do all kinds of things it can like scrub your furniture or it can make your room smell good and it kind of injects that into the air that's like you know what? you could do whatever the fuck you want to all day long just keep breathing me in it's like your hype man jesus yeah it is <laughs> um it makes it super versatile though. So you can use it in like metaphysical work, just a whole bunch of ways. So it can be like the front man or kind of in the background. Like even if you're just wanting to get your mind in the right place and you just have some kind of like on the stove or on your little steamer, you know, it just, it has a lot of uses and, you know, it, it, it stands for a lot, I guess, you know, everything from like the blissful happiness to like the, Oh, let's like whistle while we work kind of energy. Um, so don't, don't forget about, don't forget about orange, you know, orange is popular in cleaning and whatnot, the very mundane things. But I think, you know, it's a very metaphysical kind of like powerhouse and it's a very common one. It's a very incognito one and um, it can, it can do a lot for you. Incognito is a good point, dude, because how many cleaners and stuff mm -hmm. have orange oil in it? Or how many things do you see that's like make your yeah. house smell like fall and it's basically cinnamon and, and orange and maybe nutmeg or something. That's mm -hmm. a good point. <laughs> good point, Mason. Where you should that. You should have a podcast where you teach people things. I should I should research oranges. 
Oh, man. So what have we learned today? Terpenes are farts. And Sasquatch wants all of us to know that. Mm. <laughs> and I like that you said don't forget about orange because I have it. I have so much orange oil and I use it, I mean, pretty fairly. But I I have absolutely started defaulting to using orange as a... um. As kind of a workhorse, you know, I put it in my cleaning thing yeah, and, and things like that. But I've, I forgot that it, it you, can, you can put that shit in spells, man. You can put that shit in anything. Put that shit on everything. What a wonderful conversation we've had tonight. Friends. I agree. Thank you for joining us. That's our new clothes. Oh, very lively. <laughs> we like YouTubers. Hit that subscribe button. And before you go, please don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button just down at the bottom. <laughs> oh, dude. Speaking of YouTube, I'm such a loser. Listen, I'm such a fucking lame loser. So I don't use YouTube. I'm mm. never on YouTube. I don't get on it. I don't know anyone who's famous on it. I could not know anything less. I could not be more of a grandma about YouTube, period. Like, <laughs> end sentence. And so I don't know if you saw the post to where uh, we were talking about our disclaimer and they're like, that reminds me of the disclaimer song on Unes Anes. Oh, and it's like, I didn't know who they were until like two days ago. (laughs) And I've gone down such a rabbit hole of their stupid bullshit channel. Oh my God. Are you watching Unes Anes? Yeah, I am. It's great. Dude. I don't know why, but for some reason that made me so happy. Plus, I, I'm convinced that me and Ethan Nestor share some kind of soul connection. I love him so much. He is such a cute cute. I love so him. So sweet. I relate a lot to Mark. I just, uh, yeah, I, I do. I figure that. I figure that. Yeah. Just <laughs> I can the, see that. The sheer lack of patience sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I absolutely get that. Also, I really love them. They remind me a lot of me and you when they're together. Yeah, a lot. Oh, for sure. And and the thing is, so much with me, when I watch it and it reminds me of us, it's interchangeable who we are sometimes, I think. Oh, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Depending on the situation. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> this is made, this has made my week. I'm so happy. So I feel bad that, or I feel like such a fucking loser because they're about to kill the channel and it's like, I find it in like October. Hey, now, don't try it. Oh, my. I love it. Here's the bridge. (laughs) Don't try it. You'll die if you try (laughs) it. Oh, it's a keychain. Oh, it's a keychain. I love it so much. Oh, my God. Are we going to get in trouble if we just steal the disclaimer song? Oh, so, shit. this is what Cruffick says about us. <laughs> they say it's like having a conversation with friends, and uh, they, and I quote, "I love this podcast. These girls keep me laughing, and I'm learning so much. Thank you for being awesome and presenting information in a real." And easy to understand way. That's beautiful. Why did you read it so strangely? I don't know. It felt right. 
went full on Christopher Walken, but like not in accent, <laughs> only in cadence. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kruffick. Crumpets. Crumpets. What is a cr- what is a crump? Holy shit. Oh. Wow. Owe me a coke. I think it's like a let's see how many people I can make mad at me. I think it's like a piece of toast. Uh-huh. But you put um but you put uh pancake syrup on it. That's a crumpet. I don't I, I just I picture them as like the fanciest little thing ever. Mm, no, I'm I mean with a name like crumpet, it has to be, be good. good. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the end of the episode? We just fade out on that. <laughs> wow, they're calling to nominate us uh, on on for best podcast on the witchies. Yeah, I haven't recovered from seeing that. What? I'm I'm just now seeing this. What is happening? That's the sweetest thing. I I meant to mention that to you. I saw that just before we started recovering, and I was just like, oh my god, oh my gosh. <gasps> fucking mama cam <laughs> coming through keeping this podcast alive Kim, <laughs> do you have an open can you be our manager can you like officially can we hire you <laughs> as our manager you're already doing it i mean we just want to pay for it and then like while we're at it let's go ahead and hire Corey for uh marketing and uh our he's already been doing that for two years <laughs> We can pay you in compliments. Oh, those are worth things. We're dumb. It hurts sometimes.